Welcome to episode 191 of I Am Talk, your weekly fix in all things Iron Man. Alright guys, welcome along to episode 191 of I Am Talk with Coach John Newsom and Bevan James Isles. Again, this is the best of the year of 2009 and on today's show we have the interview that we did with Dave Scott and Kona. So I'm pretty much going to chuck it straight on. Uh, obviously these shows over the last couple of weeks have been a little bit shorter. So uh, just a short ride today for you, eh? Here's Dave Scott and Kona. So next up we've got Dave Scott and Dave Scott... John's, John's first question was gold for me, but he liked giving me a bit of shit, didn't he? It was good. Yeah. He was good at you. Very no, he's, fun. He's actually a real, real nice guy. So here's Dave. Today we've got six-time Hawaii Ironman champion Dave Scott on the show. Welcome along, Dave. Thank you much, man. And um, so, so tell us about that Iron War. <laughs> how, many t- how many times this week have you had to tell the Iron War story? God, Bevan thinks that's pretty funny. <laughs> If we, we can keep him quiet, I'll, I'll put in a word or two. We could pick a different event. I actually got second in that event. But, you get, you get uh, sick of the shit, the same questions all the time? Yes, well, quite a few. When people aren't uh, terribly bright, they're fairly short-sighted in their questions, but I'll start yeah. with this one. <laughs> no, uh, no, no, we're just taking this. Hey, um, no, I mean, you're obviously here for, for Kona this week. I mean, for you, is it um, you're here just to, you love being here, or you're here for the sponsors, you're here for your own PR, for your own business, or what's your main motivation? Uh, a little bit of both, you know. Obviously, I like coming back. It's thirty-first uh, year. I, I did the first race in eighty, so it's you know twenty-nine years that I've come yeah. back. Is that, is to that this crazy? Race. Looking back and thinking, wow. Ah, uh, yeah, it's, yeah, it's really crazy. I mean, eighty was you know it was quite small. So you know, motivation to do the do the race then was just you know I think I can do this and and I can race it and that had never changed over the years. But just to see the growth of the sport and so mm-hmm. you know coming back here. Uh, it's good for companies that I that I work with, mm-hmm. and um, you know I do a little bit of marketing with them, and uh, of course I, I like to see the race, and mm-hmm. I still have the you know the, the race in my blood, and and I work with a few athletes that I'd like to see do quite well on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So have you got any sort of contenders that, that, that maybe sort of knocking on the door that you've been either coaching or mentoring or guiding in some sort of way? Well, these two really aren't knocking on the door because they've already knocked it over. Yeah. Uh, you know, I help, help out uh, Craig a little bit, just yeah. more as an advisory role, and, and help out Chrissy in the same capacity. So uh, they already know how to do this race. And, you know, I think everyone needs to have a sounding board, and, mm. and that's kind of what I've provided them. Uh, you know, I think when you can kind of sit, sit back and be objective and, and you're not a counterpart to them and, and really a, an ally, and you can critically critique their event and start pulling it apart you know I think everyone, everyone lauds them for their great talent their great skill and I look back and say gee you know your second half of your runs stink yeah well you know there's only a few people that I think that can say that but yeah. they, they nod their head in agreement and say yeah you know I'm not bringing the second half back very well and you know I'm I'm weak on some of the climbs or whatever it may be so you know I've uh, I like serving that role not you know to pat myself on the back but more just to uh, make them better just come, come along. Um, and just with Chrissy, I mean, uh, you know, this year she, you know, well, last year she left um, Team BB. Uh, have you seen any any sort of change in her this year? Is she, you know, we've heard she's been doing a lot more than maybe what she's done in the past. I mean, is she the... One, one comment we've had is that 
Um, maybe this is the year where she may make a mistake because she doesn't have the guidance that she's had over the last few years. You know, like Chrissy's going to win for the next period of time, but maybe over this year, this may be the one year she may make a mistake. Well, I think that's kind of presumptuous. Who anyone, you know, if you guys think that or anyone else? Well, no, it's just word on the street. The word on the street. Well, I think the word on the street is pretty flimsy. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think that's a, that's a marginal word. And, and you know, how can people forecast something like that when they don't know her? Yeah. And they don't know what she's been doing, and they don't know what advice she's been giving. So, you know, to make an outlandish statement like that is pretty flippant. So, yeah. uh, you know. Oh, blame it on me. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I mean, I, I totally disagree with that. And I, and I, and I, and I think, you know, when you have people that uh, are, are at that level, they put themselves under the knife and under scrutiny, and they seek out, you know, the best help or the best ad- advisors. So I don't think that she's been shortchanged. It, it takes uh, that whole package to come together. One, staying injury-free, making sure, you're, you're, you know, you're getting, you know, physical therapy or massage, you're eating well, you're getting sleeping well. And you're peaking and priming right at that right moment. So when that gun goes off Saturday, everything clicks. Well, that's a, that's a hard gesture. That's a hard thing to do. And uh, no one who's done this race, including myself, has ever had a perfect day out here. Yeah. And she's certainly going to be challenged, as as Craig is. And there's a there's probably four or five men and four or five women that uh, know how to run well. And it's it's not about the fastest bike, which everyone gets you know enamored with. It's who can get off that bike and run solidly. You know, particularly after uh, you know, a hard steady bike with that, that last 12k coming in from the uh, energy lab is really critical. And you know, if there's a close race, if you just have a little more of an engine than your competitor, you, you can make up or fall back uh, a, a lot of time. Well, I know that um, Craig was saying when we talked to him yesterday, last year going out, there was he thought there was a bunch of maybe 40 or something like that of guys together, but by the time they actually came off the bike, it was pretty pretty well spread out. Well, I, I saw the race last year. There, was, there wasn't 40. I think, yeah. uh, you know, Craig was, was seeing things. Uh, <laughs> you know, he, he's way up in the front, but those, those other uh, 32 are behind him. T- typically, there's, there's uh, about 8 to 12 in that nucleus, and it seems yeah. like in the last 10 or 12 years, that's what it, that's what it has been. There was, and, and there was actually a bigger group last year. He was correct. There, there was about 16 to 18 guys that were kind of in that group, and... Everyone can ride out to Javi, but where there's attrition is on the way back before you get to Kauai High. There's a couple mm-hmm. people that drop off, and then uh, a lot of people don't recognize the difficulty of the course. Coming out of Kauai High, there's about a, uh, a little less than a 2K climb back up to the highway, which is really taxing. There's typically no wind. It's extremely hot, and it's a very steep pitch. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Everyone's going quite slow, and then there's three rollers after that for the next uh, 4K. That section always breaks up the group, men and women, and there's always a few that fall off. But, you know, the, the irony of, uh, of this race is that a lot of the top guys and women are able to ride well. They're, they're able to hang on. But then you see them within the first mile of the run, and there's already attrition. It's already defined. You al- already can say, those guys are off the back. They're out of the race. They're never going to come back again. Yeah. What have they been doing in their training? How can they... How can they be that bad yeah. that they're falling off, they can't even run a 630 mile, or the women that are running a 7 mile, they can't do it? Yeah. Well, that's nonsense to me. You know, something's wrong with their train, or they, or nutrition, or they've gone over the top on the bike. Yeah. You talked just briefly about nutrition there. I mean, um, when, when you were racing here, I know you, you tried lots of different things. Is there any things that you, you settled on at the end that worked well for you and that you found well worked well for the majority? Obviously, everybody's a little bit personal, but anything in particular that works well? 
Well, not a bucket of figs like I had <laughs> back in 82 or 83. I mean, you know, we, we didn't really know any better. We just thought we, we want carbohydrates. And, you know, figs are nutrient-dense. They're full of water. They're loaded with fiber, too. So yeah. uh, those early days, you know, I used to cut off my shirt. You yeah. know, I, I wish I had patented that because I'd be a millionaire. <laughs> and, you know, everyone wears... I mean, lots of those. Oh, yeah. I wish I had. Yeah, yeah. Every, everyone, uh, you know, wears... Even the guys, they wear little bra tops now, yeah. you know. Yeah. So I cut them off, but a lot of the shots in the, in the early 80s, you'd see me on the run, and it looks like it, my, my stomach was so distended with all those figs. So we weren't terribly bright back then, or maybe I wasn't. But, you know, with the food replacement drinks, and, and particularly with the carbohydrate and a little bit of protein, I mean, that, you know, that has a synergistic effect. It spares muscle glycogen. You know, Accelerate is a, is a, is a great drink. And, uh, you know, I think having that technology nutrition-wise uh, is really helpful. And, and, but everyone's needs are a little bit different. You know, some people lose a ferocious amount of fluid. And a lot of people have uh, need higher sodium intakes as well. So that's something that they have to modulate, you know, during their training session. Hopefully, they can dial it in here. But uh, you know, Kona's tricky. The weather's tricky, and uh, the fluid loss and salt losses can be huge. Do you see this year's race pretty much following the same pattern that we've had over the last four or five years? Uh, I think there's a few guys on the bike that, uh, you know, I admire. I like Norman style. I like Chris Lieto. I mean, I think they have to go out hard. They have to press yeah, the bike. Yeah. yeah, they have to press the bike. And, you know, that, that's a good strategy for them. Mm-hmm. It also starts to fraction the field so the guys don't get complacent. You know, one of the inherent problems w- with the, the bike is that the, the way the rules are... Uh, dictated right now is that you know you have to have this margin between each lead rider well it causes an accordion effect when someone moves up instinctively you're competitive and you start speeding up well you're not on a motorcycle and and so people are having to to slow down to brake to to coast and i i wish that they would just allow them to fan out even almost take two tracks you know the cyclists know know what drafting is and if they'd allow them to go out to the center line and move to the move to the right and go right through the middle yep uh, it's certainly with the pros they could do that. Now with the amateurs, it's, it's a different story because yeah. the clusters are, are too large. Mm. But uh, you know, back when, when I raced, we were able to do that. So on on the uh, climbs, and I, you know, I can think back a lot of races. But '94 when uh, uh, Greg uh, won that year, and I was second. Um, we, we were both stronger on the climbs, and we were kind of together, and we'd seemingly make up time on the other guys that were there, and I just felt that there's going to be a moment where there's going to be attrition, and those other guys are going to fall off and not going to be able to, to stay with us. Well, you'd see that happen now, but you don't, because they're all they're all lined up, yeah. and it just takes a certain amount of time, and that time is about three-plus hours, and that's where you come back to Kauai High, yeah. where people just naturally start feeling the fatigue of the race, and you see that attrition. Do you, do you love watching the run? Or do you, do you kind of wish there was a bit more excitement in the run? Because the last few years it's kind of been, other than, well, it's pretty much been one guy's taken it away, isn't it? Yeah, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's hard to predict what's going to happen in that, um, you know, really from that halfway point. Yeah. There's a lot of guys that are, that are able, and women that are able to run okay up to, you know, 13 miles. And then that last half, oh my gosh, you know, things start shutting down. And you look at the splits, mm. and you see, well, God, you're right on it. And then what happened? You're, you know, you're, you're, you're running four minutes per K, and then all of a sudden you're running six minutes. Yeah. Mm. Uh, and, and that happens with, with a lot of people. So, Fine, stop. Yeah, sorry about that. Sorry. Uh, so it's, um, 
Yeah, it's, in some ways, you think, gee, if they're strong at the beginning, they're going to they're going to finish strong at the end. Well, that that hasn't always happened, and and you know, Craig Alexander is a good example. You know, a couple of years ago, he suffered so badly on that last. Um, 12k coming in and yeah. we were looking at his splits and i said gosh you know craig look at your time well this last time he was about 35 seconds faster per k coming oh, really? back in yeah last year he ran a lot better he, I, I think he suffered as much but you know the irony is hey that's the game you gotta yeah. suffer yeah you know you won the damn thing what, what did it change <laughs> um I, I think you know for a big part of him he, uh, craig was i feel was was very very weak in his uh, low glutes, uh, in his glutes and his uh, lower abs, excuse me, and low back, and um, he's a beautiful runner when he's solid, when he's strong. It but then he, to oh, he starts getting a lot of sloshing with his hips, and you know his upper body starts moving around a little bit, and, and you know he was all over the place um, in uh, 2007, and I think you know watching that, I just said, God, you know he, he's got to be weak, and I remember getting him in the gym the first time, and you know just doing a simple. The single leg exercise he had a, he had a real imbalance so naturally you know craig is ferocious about whatever he does mm. and um i think that's helped i think he's able to bring up his intensity from what he's done in the past he, he's brought up inten- his intensity on the bike which has really helped and yeah. uh you know he's a fit character yeah 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 yeah, yeah he looks like i mean uh he seems to want to get yeah you know, we were talking to um amanda and like crow he's like at the end of the day, I want to say I've done everything possible to get the most out of that day. So there's, there's no no question. And you were like that too, weren't you? Like discipline was your thing, wasn't it? Yeah, I've always felt that uh, you know certainly in the earlier years, you know the the difference between you know who's going to win the race and who wasn't. I think I, you know I always thought well you got to be mentally tough out there. Yeah. And and you know I wasn't pretty to watch. You know, yeah. I, you know people look at my running form and they say my God how can the guy run that fast? You know it was it was horrific. Yeah. You know, my feet are turned out and chest is up, but, you know, it's dreadful. It's fast, uh, It worked uh, <laughs> almost in 89, but we're not talking about that right now. Uh, my so, favorite race of all time. Yeah, yeah, no, I, 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 that's, it's really a distant memory. I just forgot about it. Um, where were we? No, so, uh, so how did you create discipline? Not for you, what is discipline, and how do people improve their discipline? Uh, I, I think what happens to a lot of people is that they m- mentally uh, implode. You know, they get to a, a certain point where obviously it's hard, and there's no one out in the, that has ever done this distance on this course that doesn't go through patches where they think, I've never felt so bad. Yep. I feel so rough and so rugged. My legs hurt. I'm breathing hard. My back feels kind of tight. And, you know, w- when, that, when that happens, either you switch, switch on, you know, I don't think I'm going to have a great day. I'm starting to fall apart. Or, hey... I felt like this a thousand times in training. I can override this. And a lot of times in training, you, you learn how to manage it be, because you don't have the expectations that you know a champion does, yep. like Chrissy or Craig. And uh, you know you don't have all those other people breathing down your neck. And you say, you know, I'll get through this rough part. You know, the wind's blowing. Okay, I, and, and you forget about it. You never think about it again because you're back in your rhythm. So how do you do that in the in the race? I mean, r- really, the simplest thing is is try to just focus right at that moment and, and, and never look ahead. You know, and and, and, and I did this uh, all the time when I was racing. I just had to do it in pieces, and those segments weren't even. And a lot of times they would change during the race. Um, and just to reflect on you know '89, when Mark and I were on the bike. Uh, I felt pretty strong the whole way. Ironically, Wolfgang Dietrich felt better than we did, or was riding better, and, and actually put on time on us over the, over the last uh, 35k uh, of the ride. 
But there were a couple times where I really labored, and I said, oh my gosh, you know, how's Mark feeling? And I never saw Mark. He was behind me. Yeah. But there were two distinct times. One was about 85 miles, another one around 95, where I had said to myself, you know, I am... I feel good. I'm going to go hard for about five or six minutes and open up a gap on Mark. Yep. And it was a definitive moment in my mind that this is what I was going to do. Here I go. And I tried it, and it didn't work the first time. And I thought, okay. And I wasn't defeated. And the second time I did it, it didn't work the second time. And so, you know, the strategy wasn't a defeatist attitude. It was really, okay, it's going to come down the run. Yep. And my run feels strong, so let's play the game. Mm. And it's always a game. One thing I, I, I seem to perceive as you as an athlete is you loved the game. You loved yeah. the smack talk. You loved, you know, you, you know, you, you're a showman, <laughs> weren't you? <laughs> well, I don't. I don't actually, Come on. I, actually, I was, fa- I was fairly. I, I think I was more more silent in my approach. But yeah. you know, the, the the game. You know, people ask me now. Uh, you know, why do you still like to swim, bike, and run? And, I, and yeah. I still like the game. I mean, it doesn't matter if there's a a little old lady on the other side of the pool and she's got a snorkel on and a frog yeah. on her yeah. cap. You know, and her suit's billowing up and down. I said, gee, I wonder if I can lap her before I get to such and such. Okay, here I go. God, she beat me on that one. You know, and she might do two lengths and I'll do six. And I said, ah, boy, she outtouched me on that. You know, everyone is prey. And so I... So you get excited by the challenge. Yeah, yeah. And and I I enjoy that part uh, in, in racing because... Uh, on the run, I could sense that people mentally were really collapsing, yeah. and there was a moment where I could I could just sense that they were falling off, and it gave me energy. And that's when you put the pressure. And on. that's when I put the yeah. pressure on. And uh, you know, again, going back to '89 race, I felt. Just for the record, you're bringing this up all the time. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. No, 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 no. Yeah. Well, God, you you keep tapping my knee. Like, talk about '89. Talk about '89. And I said, get your hand off my knee. He's loving it. So, uh, you know, in that race, when we started out on the, on the run, uh, I have a friend who's a, you know, would come over every year and he's a great statistician. And, and, you know, and after the race, he said, well, you kind of went out kind of hard in the first uh, eight miles. And we were on a 548 pace per mile. And, uh, you know, I look at that and I said, well, that, that was suicide. That was silly. But at the moment, I said, I felt, you know, I felt great. And I, and I didn't really want Mark's company <laughs> right yeah, next to me. So I said, yeah. well, I'm just going to go really hard at the beginning. Not thinking that I'm going to die. Yeah. And, and I think a lot of people have that notion, oh, if I go too hard on the bike, I'm going to die. If I go too quickly on the run, I'm going to die. There's a certain inherent risk that you can come up to that red line, but you, and you need to be careful. Yeah. I, and I've talked to Craig about this. He said, oh, I felt so good going through the first couple of miles at, at 535 in Hawaii. And I, I, you know, I just looked at him and I said, Craig, that's stupid. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't do that. You cannot do that because you you have that battery of energy and you start diluting a little bit too much by little surges, and all of a sudden you get to the run and you know you're you're 30k in the run and say, oh my gosh, you know my legs are dead. And and he's been to that point where at 30k, you know he's ready to have his masseuse take over and lie down yeah. and put his legs on ice, and that doesn't happen. Yeah. Have, you, have you over the you know you've been in the sport from day one basically, so have you not become cynical about it? You know, because people can when they've been around something for a long time, and you know, like, how do you get to that point? You know what I mean. Some people can get cynical about something. Have you, or maybe you have? Uh, I don't know if I've really gotten cynical about it. I, I mean, I think that uh, you know, you see people that are really passionate about doing it, and I think a lot of people are kind of over the top, and, and they be- become somewhat myopic in what they're doing. And, yeah. and, and I've always felt that. You know, that doesn't lead me to, you know, a cynical type of attitude. And it's not that, you know, I'm, I'm whole and I've got my act together. Yep. 
it, it's just that I, I like to see even the professionals to have other interests. Yeah. And, and if they don't have other interests, I mean, if, if, if they're not, you know, wondering what's going on in the rest of the world and, yeah. and um, they're not keeping up on, on current events, you know, that bothers me a little bit. Yeah. I think, well, you know, there's, there's, there's more to, to, you know, filling your tires up each day. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. uh, you know, having a branded chest, you know, I think that's nonsense. So that part kind of bothers me. And, and I see a lot of amateurs that all of a sudden shift their focus. You know, to me, that, that's really unhealthy. I, I never had that when I was in the sport, probably because I was nervous thinking that, well, I'm never going to make any money in this yeah. thing, so I better, I better do other things. Yeah. And, what were those uh, things for you? Well, for me, I, I, I always had a little office, and I said, you know, I... I uh, you know, I always thought I was going to be a teacher. I said, I'm going to be a college professor. My dad was a college professor. I, I think that, that's what I'll do. And then I thought, well, maybe I'll, I'll, I'll teach swimming. And, and you know, I, I think I had a knack as a teacher. I always felt I was a better teacher than I was athlete. And, and so I said, well, I can, I can coach. I'm not going to make any money doing this, at, you know, way back in the 70s. Uh, but I like doing it, and I'm pretty, I'm really passionate about it. People seem to like it, and, and I've, I've got a lot of people that that follow me, and I can exercise. So I thought, Gee, this, is, this is the best of everything. And, and then I kind of shifted for a while where I where I didn't coach, and I kind of came back to, well, you know, I like having a group. I like yeah. coaching yeah. again, and, and I like having that commitment of a couple hours a day where I just didn't have to think about my next workout. Yeah. So I, I think that was healthy for me. But I had kind of a a hiatus from it, and uh, you know, you start qu you start questioning it. You end up elevating that self doubt, and I, I think it can be catastrophic. You know, just uh, you know, trying to always stay at a high performance level mentally. I was, I was reading uh, Good to Great, which you get to mention in by Jim yeah. Collins, um, and uh, he was talking about how you drained I don't know the fat out of your, your cheese, and apparently, apparently, it's not even true. Um, and, well, and, well, it, well that, it was true. I mean, they actually have that on an 84 ABC clip. Oh, really? Yeah, leading up to the race. And, and, and it, it's, uh, it was cottage cheese. I haven't had any cottage cheese since that clip. But <laughs> after 25 years. Uh, but I, in the early 80s, you know, at, you guys weren't even born. Uh, <laughs> let me tell you about it then, okay? Jeez, Thanks, old man. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It, all the endurance athletes were sort of funneled in that, you know, what you eat should be carbohydrates, and it should be all carbohydrates. I mean, it should be a huge yep. amount of carbohydrates, and that, that's what fuels your engine. And, and so, you know, I kind of went overboard, and, and, you know, I started looking at fat. Well, there, there wasn't good fats and bad fats. You know, a cube of butter or an almond were the same yep. thing. Don't have either one of them. Uh, and so I eliminated, you know, my fat level was down really low. And I, yeah. uh, we came across this guy, and I say we, Scott Tilley and Scott Molina, uh, met up with um, this guy named Pritikin. And Pritikin uh, worked with obese patients and, and put them on a very low, low-fat diet. Well, he, he looked at my diet, and he said, you know, your, your diet's pretty close to mine. Look at you, you know, you're a good athlete. You've won the Ironman a few times. And, uh, you know, you could really get your fat levels down even lower. And I said, God, you know, my eyeballs are going to turn upside down. I don't know if I want to do that. But, I, you know, I listened to him. So I had this cottage cheese. Sorry, it's a long story. I had this cottage cheese, and, and at that time it was low fat, about 20% fat by volume. So he yeah. said you could rinse that off in the sink in a colander and reduce the fat level because it's on the outside and also reduce some of the sodium level. So, you know, it was like eating wood chips. <laughs> and I said, oh, man, this is really good. I'll rinse this off. So they showed this on ABC. So that reference in Good to Great, the book by Jim Collins, yeah. uh, it is actually true. And, you know, unfortunately, people that are admire, they, they remember that. Are you still rinsing your cottage cheese? And, you know, I... I what about the urban legend, you know? Because I know, like, I don't know, apparently you did, what's the, the training session? Apparently you've done like eight hours on, on a trainer in front of a white wall. Or... Looking at a black dot or something? Yeah. 
What kind of mind-blowing <laughs> stupid thing? <laughs> that, 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 you, 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 what do you, you think when you hear these things? You guys ask the most stupid questions. I mean, <laughs> you, you hear you asking about the comments about Chrissy on the street, and then you come up some, with some inane comment like that. That's as much a horse shit. Uh, I, 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 I'm not I, feeling I, the love right now, Dave. No, 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 no. Well, you, you've missed it. And, uh, <laughs> you know, I don't know. I, I hate trainers. I don't even own one. Yeah, and, but, and, but, but this is more the point. You must hear these stories about yourself. Oh, of course. Yeah, everyone thought when I was, you know, when the sport was evolving, I was... Yeah. That's a great question. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, uh, you, didn't, you didn't get the tail end of it right, but so I'll fill in the gaps. Uh, when we first started, I lived up in Northern California. It's a long state. At Tin Lane and Molina and Allen were down in Southern California. Everyone said, you know, Dave Scott, he, he's like a hermit. You know, he lives under a rock. He, he, he has this nomadic lifestyle. He just trains, trains, trains. You know, the weather's lousy. Uh, and, and that's what he does. Well, you know, to some extent, I, I, there wasn't another professional triathlete. There wasn't a professional athlete in my town of any sorts. So, you know, I was kind of anomaly. I said, yeah, I have to train a lot. There's three sports. So it takes a lot of time. Yeah. And, and so, you know, people would see me. I'm in training. I'm, you know, I'm coaching. And, you know, that was my whole day. Um, and I think, you know, the, the myths that kind of evolved around my, um, again, nomadic, seemingly nomadic persona you know, was was really false. I actually have lots of friends. You seem like a social guy. Yeah, and, and, you know, I'd get out, and I wouldn't pull my shades in the morning when I got up. You know, that was so so silly. So, uh, but at the same time, I kind of relished those comments when I was racing because it created this false mystique. Yeah. And it almost, you know, people couldn't fathom it because down in San Diego, they were lavish with help, and there was groups, and it was a real bubbling community of triathletes. And here was Dave Scott by himself, and, you know, he seems to pull it out of the hat yeah. in October. So, you know, coming into this race each year, I mean, I knew I was a, a, a marked guy. I mean, I was the guy they wanted to beat, but I think there was a certain unknown element, like, wow, what planet is he from, yeah. and how does he do it? Well, I, I like that. I mean, you know, I'm human. What was your best race over here? I mean, um, again, we, we talked talk about 89 lots of times, but in terms of your best, your most memorable race over here? Well, I think, uh, you know, I remember the six wins. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember, you know, I got second three times as well. But, uh, you know, probably the race that meant the most to me was really the last time I finished this race was in 96. Mm-hmm. And, no, and no one, when I do a public appearance, whatever introduced me oh it's this Dave Scott six time Ironman champion and by the way he got fifth yeah. in 1996 but when I look back at that race I think just circumstances in, in life being being older uh, what I went through in that race which I had never experienced before and and what I went through was that I I didn't feel good on the swim uh, you know in hindsight I didn't train properly that last week before that race and I came in kind of flat and uh, I got kind of caught in a uh, in the sea of piranha and I couldn't get out of it. it was a washing machine and I knew the people that were around me I was a better swimmer but yet I was swimming with them so I knew I was slow getting out of the water and immediately coming up, up Polani Hill uh, which was the old course we just went straight up the hill right to yeah. start with that on the Queen K uh, you know it seemed like I was surrounded with a sea of people and I said golly you know, who are these people I, you know, I should be way up there and you know I remind myself don't worry don't worry you know, I'm, I'm Hercules on the bike I'm going to yeah. take off on the bike well I got out on the bike and I remember just going out the airport. I said, oh my gosh, my legs feel flat. Yeah. And, but at the same time, I said, oh, they'll come around, they'll come around. And I, and I knew I wasn't going as fast as I would have liked. Uh, and they didn't come around. Yeah. And throughout that entire bike leg, I could carry out a conversation like this, but my legs were just heavy. They were flat. And I, you know, I didn't need any fuel. And, and uh, you know, there was 
I would say probably a hundred times just those fleeting moments where you said to myself, I said, you know, I'm going to quit. Yeah. I'm going to quit. I feel terrible. But I finally had this resolve at about 80 miles where I said, you know, I've had train rides like this where I've been out there and I'm unable to push it, but I'm, I'm not going to die. I'm going to finish it. Yeah. And so when, as I was coming into town, I saw my friends and some of my family, and of course, you know, they were distraught. They said, what the heck are you doing? You know, you're, you're so far back out of the game, you're gonna win this year. I mean, I yeah. thought I could win. Yeah. Uh, coming in second in 94, I had a broken toe in 95, couldn't race, and I said, you know, I think I can win this race in 96 when I was 42. And, um, and here I, I, I thought I was in 50th place. Yeah. So I came in on the bike, and I told my family as I was coming by, I said, tell me where number 10 is. And that they got it. They said that he wants to know where the tenth man is. Maybe he can catch and move up and at least get on the top in the top ten. Yeah. And so as I went through town, the run, my legs felt golden, and I passed some people right away. You know, on on a lead drive, I went roaring by people that went roaring by me on the bike, and they were at a standstill. And I said, "You're never going to see me again." I said, "I'm, going, I'm running a 10k as fast as I can." <laughs> <laughs> so you know, I came up to Polani Hill, and I remember I, remember I, I had moved up. And I didn't really know the place, and I got off the bike in 26th place. Uh, I was told this at you know the end of the day, and I moved up to a 15th place pretty fast. And so now the game was out on, back on the game, yeah. uh, on the Queen K, and I was finally able to catch uh, the fifth guy at mile 23. Wow! And there was a gap between fifth, which I was now in, and fourth place. And I think it was Peter Reed actually at the time, but I'm not sure. Yeah. Uh, and th that gap, I said, you know, maybe I can catch him. He's going to fall. I can, I can get fourth. You know, I knew yeah. I was in fifth, and I said, this is unbelievable. You know, just give me another 20 miles. I'm going to be in first. Yeah. <laughs> and so when I, I, I came across in fifth, you know, I think for most people, they were, you know, just like, wow, how could you do so poorly? You know, you've won this race. You've come in second. Yeah. And, and for me, it was probably the mo most gratifying race because I had to overcome the you know the psychological odds and and what the perception was of me that I was really invincible in Hawaii well yeah. I wasn't invincible I, you know I was vulnerable yeah. and very vulnerable that day and salvaged a you know pretty great race who was the, who, who was the competitor you respected the most Oh, I had, you know, I had admiration for... Well, just here, just everywhere, you know, like, just as, as, as an athlete or yeah. A, a, yeah. Out, outside the yeah. sport? Yeah, as, no, outside of Kona, it's, it maybe even, you know. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's funny, I didn't, I, I, did, I didn't really want to model myself after someone's character, yeah. image, or persona when I was growing up. I think, you know, as a kid, we always think, see, you know, that's a guy who's a yeah. you know, great football player, he's a great golfer, whatever it is. And then all of a sudden you, you you see more of their character exposed, and you know the cynical side of me is that guy's you know he's not he's not a very good guy, yeah. and he, he seems like a jerk there. <laughs> you know, I don't really like that guy. You know he sure yeah. can swing a golf club well, but he seems like an ass. Yeah. And uh, you know you see you see the other character side. Well, to me, I always measure a, a person in their character. I don't ask them how many times they've won this race or something, or I don't ask them, you know, what their profession is. I don't really care. You know, I don't care if you're, you know, a nuclear yeah. physicist or you're, you're an astronaut or a lawyer or whatever it is. I just want to tell me about your character and just, just give me you. If someone has a pretense and, and they come across as, uh, you know, I'm above you right to begin with, well, I, I'm yeah. pretty intuitive. I read that. Mm. So with athletes, I, I didn't really have a, an athlete that I, that I modeled after. 
in the sport, I certainly had you know great respect for the athletes that I had battles with. Yeah. Anyone more than like? Did you love fighting someone in battles? You just want a name, don't you? You yeah. want a, you want a name. <laughs> was it Molina? Was it you know, like who was it? You really loved to, uh, Aaron, to battle. Aaron Baker. Really? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Aaron, Did you know, she beat you? Uh, no, no, no. But uh, some training rides, uh, she could put really put the stinger in the yeah. men. You know, I just thought, oh God, Aaron's coming along. This is going to hurt real bad. You know, my it, and if my ego gets uh, crushed by her, I, I'm not going to be able to live this down. You know, she, she was such a, a tenacious, you know, scorpion really? when she trained and yeah. when she raced, and she was a brilliant athlete, and a great character. I love Aaron, and yeah. and, uh, and uh, you know, she she was such a ferocious. Uh, racer, but in training days when they lived in Boulder, uh, Scott and Aaron, and uh, you know we'd, we'd ride up on the peak to peak with a lot of climbing. You'd think, okay, I'm kind of at my limit. I hope that woman has dropped off. Really? And she'd be right there, yeah. and uh, you know it, it would do everything we could. Just okay, I finally got a gap on her, and you know that would that would be another Ironman victory for me. So <laughs> uh, you know she she was a great athlete and one of many women athletes that I, that I admired. I, I think you know in today's time, since I had an opportunity to uh, you know see Chrissy uh, work, perform, and you know advise her. She is uh, a phenomenal um, woman and a you know just a phenomenal talent. But she has a work ethic that uh, boy is really? is uncanny. Really. Wow. Anyway, what's uh, with DaveScottInc.com? Anything new? I see you've got some Silverman programs up there. Yeah, we have uh, Silverman, which is an iron iron distance race in November yes. and. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I gotta say that iron distance, don't I? Um, and it's become a great race, it's, and it's extraordinarily hard. People love it, don't they? That's extraordinarily hard course. It's very well done, and, and, and we have a lot of fun at the race. And all the athletes are treated just uh, you know, gloriously. It's it, it, it's magnificent. So, uh, yeah, I have a, a half Ironman and an Ironman training program, and I'm shooting some video over here for Active.com, and I'll have a, a lot of programs up. I kind of stayed away from that for a long time, but I've, I've developed 5K, 10K, yeah. uh, Sprint Olympic. Half Ironman distance nice. races, so it'll be up in 210 on uh, active site, and um, and I'm doing some work with uh, CEP socks and Timex and Look as well. So, well, how how CEP feeling when uh, WTC banned them for a couple of weeks? Uh? Uh, I, I heard that WTC did that, and, and uh, I think that was a mistake, and and maybe they, you know, got caught. Um, and it, you know, in, in hindsight, it, it it wasn't a good move for the industry, and, yeah. and certainly, you know, I think you know you're looking at at trying to manage the athlete's safety and health and to have them perform at the highest level, and, and they are functionally, yeah. uh, you know, a, a great asset to mm. performance. So why why ban them? So mm. game's back on, and you see a lot of athletes. I mean, last year there was, uh, uh, I think, 20%, there was 400 athletes that uh, wore them. That stat. So I think this year will be higher. I think it'll be higher. You know, the one thing I struggle, the CEP socks are wonderful, and, I, and I've had a couple clots, one of my lungs after an accident. One of my, I had a DVT deep vein thrombosis last year in my leg, so I'm seemingly vulnerable for them, which is not good. Doesn't have anything to do with my age, and and, uh, <laughs> and, I, and I can uh, still whip you, Bevan. So that's true. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, he comes in here with a tank top, flexing his muscles. Yeah. Look at them, Bevan. Look at yeah, that. He, look, he looks malnourished. <laughs> so less mills, come on. Uh, anyway, yeah, the, the, the socks are really good. They look kind of silly, but you know, on this island, everyone's wearing them, so uh, and they they feel quite nice after my hearty 
one hour indoor bike ride. Nice. We'll tell you what. Oh, thanks for your time, Okay, I'll go there first. We've got a couple. When I was, I had a kids race at the weekend. Splash and Dash Challenge. Oh, that's good. And we'll talk about that. Was that Splash and Dash Challenge? And. Yeah. Scroll down. Yeah, yeah. Scroll down. yeah my Thanks pleasure, Andrew. guys. I've forgotten yeah. Andrew's surname, so I've got to give him a little bit of love here. Oh, no, because he was at... Oh, he was, Andrew Winter. He was at um, the, the race. Ashburton. Yeah. Yeah. So Andrew's telling me how he's... he's I said, I went into coffees of why got all my Christmas shopping done. Nice. He comes in a nice little tin. It's got the seal on the top. Oh, look at it right there, John. And uh, he was loving it. For he got all this Christmas shopping done there. So now's the time. You've got to get onto it. Make sure you're allowed for postage. It's a good man, because people love their crap. Mm, they do. Yeah. Well, not that it's crap. So <laughs> I guess one thing is, if you want to do a bigger present, you're thinking coffee, but I want something else. Buy them get the, a, get a, a grinder. Or, or grinder or, or, or a plunger thingy. Yep. Yep. So you can get on there. Free shipping. If you're just getting coffee, um, so the, the, the code... Well, if you're in America, even better, if you spend over 100 bucks in the US, you get a FedEx two-day shipping for free. Nice. Oh, it's a deal of the century. It is. You used to watch Sale of the Century? Sale of the Century with... Uh, Steve Barr. Jude Dobson. Uh, Dobson now, but it wasn't Dobson back then, was it? Yeah, no. Yeah. Kirk? Jude Kirk? Yeah, nice work. Yeah. We're both redeeming ourselves today. I'm loving it. Right, so get on the FB Coffees of Hawaii. And free shipping. Yeah, really, especially for guys. You know, guys are hopeless to buy for, and don't get them undies. No, you know. Or Although ties. I have to. I was at the supermarket. I'm kind of getting low on my on my underarms, mm-hmm. and I thought to myself, "Well, why wait? Why buy now? Because right. you know you're gonna get some. Yeah, it was Christmas is coming. Nice. Although I haven't got it. Nice. Yeah, it's something to about that. Coffeesofwire.com for all your coffee needs. Okay, next up we've got good old trybuys.com. We've got to see, we've got to do this every week to see if the spin the crank is still going. Oh, is man. It still going. Oh, let's try talk. Basically, going to trybuys.com. Trybuys.com. There's always a sale. Spin the crank is still going. Don't spin it, Bevan. They've still got their Kona sale on. <laughs> you're, like my, you're like my mother when I used to go to shops when I say, don't touch it, Bevan. Don't. Don't touch it. And I always end up breaking that's something. That's the thing. You're not really supposed to say don't. You're yeah. supposed to say click on the other thing. That's right. Yeah. Don't think of an orange. That's what are you right. thinking of? An orange. Oh man! So, oh wait, wait a second. There's another special one here. Can I can I click through that? Oh no! It's okay. kind of special in this try buyers clearance sale. Limited time of offers. View now. So, shape it's creepy. Some half price shoes, shoes on there. Sixty six bucks. Obviously, you know, limited sizes, limited uh, amount of stock available. But now's the time. It's the end of the Sometimes US season. Sometimes in life, it's good to be either really huge or really small. And yeah, because yeah, I'm average sizes. Some I mean, you got to say I was always gone. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you're like 150 kg, yeah, you get it for like 20 bucks. That's right. Or if you're a girl and you can wear kids' clothes, right? You know what I mean? Like yep. you know, yep. you can wear kids' shoes. Yeah. You're on to a winner here. So the sales, the sale of the century is on at Tribuys as it always is. And again, if you're thinking Christmas and you've got a partner who's into triathlon, go on here, check out some stuff. You know, you can get a pair of shoes pretty cheap and it's a pretty wicked present. And if you haven't spun the crank, all you do is go on there. You've got to nominate a friend uh, to, to join up to, to to be on the mailing list, put on their email details, and you get to spin the crank and you get... A prize of some description. Yeah, well, you may get a prize. You may get a prize. Of that can be a voucher off. That can be, and just one thing when you go to try buys, if you like, it's sometimes we just think about the big ticket items. So you may be thinking you need a new wetsuit, and they've got some pretty good deals here on wetsuits. But if you actually think, okay, well, I might chuck some goggles in there as well. Like the goggles are dirt cheap, mm-hmm. really cheap goggles here. And so you kind of just make sure when you actually get that big product, you actually look for some other things as well. Or if you just need to do that one buy, you know, where you mm-hmm. can buy five or six things for the season, then this is one way of getting around that. Nice. So trybuys.com. And lastly, we have our good friends at Athletics. John's yawning. 
You're right there, mate. Oh yeah. Yeah, it's been a big week, isn't it? It's been a big week. Why has it been a big week, mate? Well, our kiddies keep us awake a bit. Oh, but last night they performed quite well. Well, no, they didn't actually. Thomas was was good, but Felicity was not. Mm. So how long, uh, that, how long does that go for? Oh, I don't know. I, I bought Thomas a. I, I saw this advertisement yesterday. I know we're not talk, talking about sponsors, but we had this Treasures magazine, which is like a kids' yeah. babies magazine, and we saw a thing in there. It was a little advert for a. Um, Asleep, there's a monkey, and the monkey's eyes close at night, and it's an alarm clock. And that when when it's time to get up, the monkey's eyes open up, and some jungle music plays. Yeah. So, bye straight away, because <laughs> he has a habit of waking up early. I figure I'm going to get some distraction. Oh. He's not allowed to wake up until monkey wakes up. Nice, nice. But I was quite surprised. I'm, I'm a tight ass, and within <laughs> honestly within five minutes of seeing the advert, it was solution, <laughs> solution. Here's the solution. Well, John, good thing about good old Athlinks is if you go on Athlinks and you want to check out some new gear, is that it's, it's kind of a social environment, and so people actually write about products, and that's what I'm saying, John. <laughs> and, and what they've got is you can go on there, and let's say you've got a new pair of shoes, for example, e.g., the High Fives. Is that what they're called? Fives. Oh, okay. Five, so you can, five and five. You fingers. can talk because I've got to log in. Yeah. Um, so yeah, somebody's just gone on there and got some new vibrant five fingers. So yeah, it's one of those things, you know. You can get a few opinions on uh, on it's different things, good, you know. Because like, if you're going to spend some, like, how much do you pay for those? Uh, <laughs> 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 about two hundred bucks. <laughs> I think they're about a hundred bucks US or so. Well, you know, like you spend a lot of money on gear, eh? And you, do. you know, if, and one thing with this with this adding product to it is if you get crap stuff, put it on Athlinks. You know, let people know it's crap because it's one thing. Pointing his finger. Um, one of our listeners who got a um, one of the bike jerseys size isn't quite right. He's going to be putting it up on Athlinks. It's going to be an XL winter jersey. He's going away on holiday, I think, for a couple of weeks. But he's going to send out an email through the Athlinks list. So if you want to get an XL long sleeve IM Talk jersey, which I must say, the Holy Hammer was wearing last weekend. Yes. And it's, it's pretty good. Yeah, they're good. They're yeah, nice yeah. and warm. Yeah. Um, either email me or wait for the email to come through on Athletics. So they've got the shoes on here, and, and whoever it is, good old Chance. Oh, not Chance Barber. Chance Uga. Uga. He's got himself chance. a pair of Vibram KSOs. He's loving them. He's giving them a five. Five stars. Five stars. So $80 US. Righty ho. Yeah. So, so again, if you've got a product, go on there, let people know if it's good or bad, and then when it comes to making buying decisions, you can actually go, you know what, I really want these, or this is crap. Mm-hmm. And it's good to actually get the reviews from people who are actually doing, you know, using it. Mm-hmm. Um, so. And the other thing that would be really useful uh, is when you're doing your results, if, you, if you're basically claiming a result, go on there and check that the result, that that, that, mat, that course has been um, mapped, oh. the start course, because what they're doing over time is building up a whole database of... Um, Temp- temperature reading and stuff and other stuff and so get on there and you just basically plot where the start of the race was and they've got some sort of technology that enables them to get a whole bunch of data that's going to be really really useful going forward if you you know you don't know what the the history in terms of weather is for that event nice so go on to their athlinks.com sponsors are athlinks.com get on there put a map on there coffeesofwire.com oh, it's christmas time team trybys.com and it's still christmas time that's right Alright guys, so that's uh, the interview for today or for this week. Uh, next week we're actually going to get back into the normal show. Well, it's going to be a little bit different because John's on Epic Camp at the moment, so he'll be going a bit nut bar on the bike, and I'm going to be getting ready for Wanaka, which is kind of cool, which uh, I should probably start doing some training for, which would be kind of helpful. Um, so over the next couple of weeks we'll probably be doing some epic camp stuff and then we'll be back into the uh, back into the normal show in a few weeks after that. The next couple of weeks will be the normal kind of length of the show, so it's kind of great. 
Uh, we hope you've had a wicked Christmas and New Year period. Obviously, there's been a bit of partying happening, but obviously you want to stay focused as an athlete because that's really important. And that's pretty much this week's show. So we'll see you on Epic Camp next week. Uh, I'm Russ. I'm Don't Train hard. Train smart. Kia kaha.